Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a, another episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And tonight we've got a very exciting episode for you because this is our first ever, and we brought this up last episode, that it's taken us nine years, almost ten years now. <laughs> Pretty close to it, yeah. <laughs> to do a valentine's episode but we here we are we're gonna do our first ever valentine's day episode maybe our only because there's really not a whole lot to valentine's day as far as uh anything that really applies to the paranormal uh to a degree anyways um but first and foremost i figured we would start out with some of our <clears throat> understandings of what Valentine's Day is or where it comes, at least where we thought it would come from. Other than, of course, the Hallmark company trying to use a holiday to to uh, get sales. Bastards. <laughs> so, um, I mean... I think it's kind of ingrained in us from as early of an age that I can remember. I, I, I think all the way back to at least kindergarten, if not maybe even preschool, if you, if you oh, yeah. had the privilege of going to preschool. But um, it, it's basically a day to spread love, particularly to somebody you are fond of, but when you're a young kid, you kind of love everybody, but, um, at least they force you to love everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, what are some of your memories from, from Valentine's day past? Uh, I think, I mean, you had already mentioned school, but similarly, uh, you know, we would, or at least I would always bring in, um, the Valentine's day cards, Every Valentine's Day with a you know one of those little heart suckers or like um what are they, little heart candies I, th- I think there's a name for them but um and I lay them out on everybody's desk you know I mean you had to lay them out on everybody's desk you were forced to like I said they force you to love everybody uh, so that was something that I did every single year and then I think on top of that uh, you know my 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 father in particular would always bring me, my sisters, and my mom home Valentine's stuff uh, and Valentine's Day. So one of the big things, of course, that we all got was a little box of chocolates. Um, <clears throat> and then occasionally, occasionally that would come with some sort of stuffed Valentine's animal, right? The right. typical type of thing. Uh, and then on top of that, there would always be two boxes of Nally's chocolates, uh, strawberry covered 
or chocolate covered strawberries uh, in the fridge. So those are something, those are the, the, the main fond memories that I have because, well, none of those happen anymore. I don't get those special candies or the strawberries or anything like that. And I'm sure nowadays, if anyone did get that in my family or gave up Valentine's, it'd probably be just alcohol that said something like, I kind of like you or something like that. You know, <laughs> not I love you. That wouldn't be. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my my memories as well. I, and I, I don't remember ever really learning a whole lot of the history behind Valentine's Day. Um, well, I mean, it was growing up, it was always just Valentine's Day is a day right. that was created for what it's like Sweetie's Day, Sweetest Day in uh, in Ohio, which think all you other lucky people out there don't got to deal with two of these damn holidays in here. <laughs> Ohio has to deal with t- two of them. Um, but you know, it's all commercial, right? Growing up, so I I was looking and I kind of uh, grasped onto the the historical parts of Valentine's Day. Is that kind of what you came across to, or did you find um, some other things associated with Valentine's Day? No, I, I mean, I primarily focused on the history, but I will admit that the last time that I talked about Valentine's Day was on Forgotten Truth Radio, so that was roughly 10, 11 years ago. <clears throat> There's significantly more uh, research uh, or at least more documented research uh, within the histories here of Valentine's Day. Because back then it was just one very short page, and that was the best I could do in terms of finding stuff online. Uh, so there's significantly more nowadays, which I'm thankful for. And not just more in terms of like web pages, but there's more overall history. Because uh, back then it was just one person that it was believed to be uh, representing or based off of. And now we're at a point in the history where it could have been based off of like three or four different people named Valentine. So I find that as a step up in my opinion, because it's always fun or fascinating to like go so many years on some of these topics that we've talked about, or in this case, haven't talked about um, (laughs) and end up finding that as time moves on, history continues to compile and we're, given new information that wasn't present. Uh, so that's something I personally really enjoyed with this one. Okay. So <clears throat> the, I, I went with uh, Britannica for okay. the, the research that I was looking at. Um, so St. Valentine which I actually didn't realize this until looking at this, uh, died in the third century on feast day, February 14th. Mm -hmm. So we celebrate Valentine's day on the death of St. Valentine. Um, I, I had never heard of that before or, or, or knew about it. Um, and like you said, it brings up that, they're the name of one or two legendary Christian martyrs whose lives seem to historically are historically based. Although mm-hmm. the Roman Catholic church continues to recognize St. Valentine as a saint of the church. He was removed from the general Roman calendar in 1969 because of the lack of reliable information about him. 
He is the patron saint of lovers, epileptics, and beekeepers. Um, which, ironically, is interesting because Valentine's Day is associated with the birds and the bees. That it is. Um, the the thing that I found most fascinating about this now he was jailed because he defied the Catholic Church because and this is why he defied the Catholic Church. Uh, the legend states that he defied the emperor's orders and secretly married couples to spare the husbands from war. Which, again, would make him the patron saint of lovers for that very reason and why Valentine's Day is kind of associated with his death. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also showing here that uh, another legend that uh, he, when he was jailed, wrote his jailer's daughter and signed the letter from your Valentine. Hence, Valentine's cards um is that the gist of what you found or was there was there a little bit more no i mean i mean that's definitely the gist of it um what else if anything that i didn't bring up did you find on saint valentine well i mean it's not so much what i didn't find but just more of an elaboration on some of the things that you had mentioned here regarding uh, St. Valentine's Day or St. Valentine. Uh, So as you had said, there's like two or three different Valentines here um, that have appeared within history over the years. Mm. Uh, Now, one of the stories, as you had already mentioned, was uh, according to one legend in which an imprisoned Valentine had actually sent the first Valentine, which is what you just talked about, uh, greeting himself after he fell in love with a young girl, possibly his jailer's daughter, which of course isn't officially uh, historic, uh, uh, is it officially proven, historically accurate? <laughs> right. Uh, but it, it's just, you know, it's a theory, um, or an assumption. Uh, but who she basically visited, visited him during his confinement, which of course nobody really said why she visited, but apparently she did. And before his death, it was alleged that he wrote her a letter signed from your Valentine. The expression, of course, which is still used today. Although the truth behind the Valentine legends is murky, and the stories all emphasize his appeal as a sympathetic, heroic, and mostly, or most importantly, a romantic figure. And by the Middle Ages, perhaps thanks to his reputation, Valentine would actually become one of the most popular saints in England and France. Now, we know, of course, when it comes to the saints, there are obviously plenty of saints that are very, very popular, but none so much popular as St. Peter, St. Paul, St. Valentine, and St. Patrick, right? Mm. So those are like the four big ones that we know of, and two of which have their own holidays, right? which is pretty crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's interesting that there are multiple, but the legends seem to only stem from one as far as they're stating, at least here on Britannica. Um, but which is 
was also interesting to me. I, I couldn't find anything why Cupid got associated with Valentine's Day other than he was um, the Roman god of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing I could think of is like we've talked about in the past where Christianity pulled in a bunch of different uh, pagan aspects to try and convert the other uh, the, the pagans at the time. Um, now, the Cupid, like the is the Roman god of love, the counterpart of the Greek god Eros, and the equivalent of Amor in Latin poetry. According to myth, Cupid was the son of, <coughs> excuse me, Mercury, uh, the winged messenger of the gods, and Venus, the goddess of love. <clears throat> he often appeared as a winged infant carrying a bow and quiver of arrows whose wounds inspired love or passion in every in his victims. Uh, he was sometimes portrayed wearing armor like that of Mars, the god of war, perhaps to suggest ironic parallels between warfare and romance or to symbolize the invincibility of love. Although some <clears throat> literatures portrayed Cupid as callous and careless, he was generally viewed as a benefit on account of the happiness he imparted to couples, both mortal and immortal. At the most, at the worst, he was considered mischievous in his mass matchmaking. This mischief, mischief, geez, often directed by his mother Venus. In one tale, her machinations backfired when she used Cupid and revenge on the mortal psyche only to have Cupid fall in love and succeed in making psyche his immortal wife. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and something else that is actually really interesting is that it, initially, and I don't, I'm assuming this has something to do with various religions trying to put some sort of stop or some sort of twist on Cupid, but he was, uh, which actually I say he, but I think he was um, didn't really have a, a a a sexuality. He was neither male nor female. So um, we often refer to him though as he, right? And it was initially for a long or a short while uh, believed that he was, or at least portrayed as being a demonic entity, uh, as a uh, creature <clears throat> who would oh. Uh, who who would like represent the idea of forni- fornication, and then it was later that it didn't really stick, and it started becoming more of the idea of an angel, or if you'll call it that, of love, as opposed to just simply forni- fornication. So there was a slight change over time, and the reason in which apparently that he is associated with. Valentine's Day in particular. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just waiting for the load page to load. Everything's moving kind of slow. Uh, <clears throat> so when we think of Cupid today, you know, you imagine obviously images of winged babies wielding an, an arrow of love, which is so odd to me. Uh, <laughs> but this <laughs> modern Valentine's Day Cupid is actually inspired by the mythical uh, uh, depiction of him, uh, which was, of course, the idea that he was this very young uh, entity, you know, young in face and all that stuff. Now, when Cupid first appeared in Greek mythology as Eros, 
uh, he was depicted as a handsome youth. And the earliest works of art indicated that Eros was tall, slender, and winged as opposed to a baby. Uh, by the time the Hellenistic period came around, Roman art ended up portraying Cupid as what is classified as pudo or pudi, which are chubby male children who are normally winged and naked because they represent, supposedly, pure love. And that's where Cupid kind of comes in. So Cupid is really more so something that was generally created, I think, by... And I hate to say, not, not that Hallmark has anything to do with it, but it's more of a Hallmark uh, placement. You know, it's this thing that was kind of thrown into Valentine's Day over the course of so many years as it became more commercialized. Uh, because obviously Christianity, they didn't want to bring Cupid in. I've never seen <laughs> anybody named Cupid in the Bible or anything like that. Even in the Apocrypha, Cupid doesn't exist. Uh, so you wouldn't imagine that what was celebrated initially as... A, a a holiday to honor St. Valentine had nothing to do with what we know of today. It's just all commercialization that ended up kind of bringing little pieces and parts together to become what we have. It is interesting, though, that... Um Cupid, who who was kind of a trickster in a sense, according to Britannica, because of his mother, um, actually got associated with with this holiday. Because when you think of, well, I guess you could take it two separate ways. Uh, some people think of there shouldn't be any trickery in love. But in that same regard, there are people that feel that love is a trick, that there is no such thing as what we would call love associated with Valentine's Day. Right. Um, but that's pretty much all I found. I don't know if you found anything else. Well yeah, I'm going to dive into a little bit of the origins of Valentine's Day as a pagan festival okay. in February. So this my information, by the way, is coming from history.com. So again, we'll have these links uh, posted in the show notes. Uh, but while some believe that Valentine's Day is celebrated in the middle of February uh, to commemorate the anniversary of Valentine's death or burial, which probably probably occurred around 270 A.D., Others claim that the Christian church may have dedicate or decided to place St. Valentine's Feast Day in the middle of February in an effort to Christianize the pagan celebration of Lupercelia, which is celebrated at the Ides of February or February 15th. Lupercelia was a fertility festival dedicated to Faunus, a Roman god of agriculture, as well as to the Roman founders Romulus and Remus. Now, to begin the festival, members of the, Luper, of the Luperci, uh, an order of Roman priests in this case, would gather at a sacred cave where the infants Romulus and Remus, the founders of Rome, were believed to have been cared, uh, cared for by a she-wolf or a lupa. The priests would sacrifice a goat for fertility and a dog for purification. They would then strip the goat's hide into strips, dip them into the sacrificial blood, and take to the streets 
gently slapping both women and crop fields with the goat's hide. Far from being fearful, Roman women welcomed the touch of the hides because it was believed to make them more fertile in the coming year. Later in the day, according to legend, all the young women in the city would place their names in a big urn. The city's bachelors would then each choose a name and become paired for the year with his chosen woman. And of course, these matches often ended in marriage. So once again, what we're seeing here is a, you know, basically the Christian church coming in and trying to, again, Christianize a lot of these holidays. Same as we've seen with Samhain, uh, Christmas, all these other pagan holidays that existed prior to the Christian holidays that we know of today. Mm. <clears throat> but again, that that in this case is more like still speculation. There's no real certainty as to whether or not that's exactly this is a fact. You know that it was being Christianized. It could be that just they just kind of like landed near the same days, and you know, right? Well, and I mean, if I were trying to convert other people's, I mean. To me, that would make sense coming from from a mentality of the past, um, and it, that's the other thing too. Is even with Saint Valentine, there's nothing stating that Valentine is a hundred percent a person at all, because they're saying it's multiple or it could be multiple people, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's really no uh, specifications on who this person is in particular. And of course, each Valentine that is spoken of within history, uh, or at least within this history, um, there's really not much similarity between all of them. Uh, You know, all we know is that there are three Valentines and one legend says that a Valentine was imprisoned and gave a letter to a girl that he's interested in. And another one that says that a Valentine was killed as a martyr um, due to basically going against the church's wishes. Uh, So again, you know, yeah, the idea of Valentine's day is very loosely, I think based on some of these historical references, but it's really all about the commercialization nowadays. Uh, I can't find anything that dates back to those early years of Valentine's day that say, this is how it was celebrated uh, this is what happened. You know, none of that really seems to exist in the research. So I can only assume that Valentine's Day is actually very recent uh, within our history. Uh, according to Britannica, Valentine's Day uh, at least goes back to the 14th century. Okay. So not as far back as the the pagan tradition. Right, the Roman tradition, um, right? But still, I guess that would be relatively recent. I mean, because we're in the twenty first century, so mm-hmm. seven hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not that long when you consider. Uh, but then again, you know, Saint Valentine isn't. You know, these aren't people that are you know thousands of years old that we're talking about they're all relatively recent um you know when when you think about a lot of the early saints that we're talking about two thousand years ago up to about a thousand years um 
<clears throat> but after that, it all kind of gets wishy-washy as to who the saints actually were, uh, you know, who, you know, which Valentine was which in this case, you know, things like that. So there is a lot of speculation and theorization that goes into a lot of what we're talking about when it comes to these holidays and especially something like uh, St. Valentine's Day, which is, again, just very much commercialized and has been popularized by the commercialization of it all. So <clears throat> all we can really do is share what I wouldn't even consider facts, but what I would consider as a theoretical history behind the Valentines and then just go from there. Now, interestingly enough, I tried looking up cryptids associated with Valentine's day monsters associated with Valentine's day. <laughs> I tried to word hey. it everywhere, every way oh. I possibly could. In my experience with Valentine's day, there are plenty of monsters out there. <laughs> okay. okay. Yes. But I'm talking about the non-human monsters. Got it. Oh, okay. Got it. Thank <laughs> but, you for the clarification. All I could find were like Valentine's day cards with cryptids on them or monsters mm. on them. <laughs> so so you're, you're telling me there's no like heart squatch out there or something? Apparently not. Th- nothing that would even be remotely uh, paranormally based that we could associate like we have with Christmas and Halloween. Right. Um, so it is interesting that there really is no cryptids based on uh, Valentine's Day or associated with Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, so uh, rabbit hole real quick. Okay. In terms of cryptids, I mean, every time we talk about cryptids, everything that we come across seems to have some sort of darker nature to it, regardless of the cryptid. Have you, I mean, we haven't talked about this prior to right now. So have you ever in any of your research or just, you know, fun study, I guess, uh, in which you came across a cryptid or some other spiritual entity that was of a kind nature, a loving, caring type of creature? Or is it, there's some reason why all cryptids happen to have this darkness associated with it? Well, if you are saying cryptids in the sense of legendary I'm, monsters, I'm talking about legendary monsters, mytho- myth mythological creatures that have no evidence of existing whatsoever. So, basically, not the Tasmanian tiger, for example. Right. Um, I mean, monsters. I mean, says it right there. They were meant to scare people, um, but. Mm-hmm. Have I ever came across any that are more joyful or anything? Not really. Yeah. You know what I'm, I've been thinking? And I mean, like literally when I say that, I've been, I mean, I've been thinking like within the last 30 seconds here. Uh, so this isn't a deep thought by any means. <laughs> <laughs> it just came to me. <laughs> but, you know, it's like we talk about these cryptids um, and all these other creatures that always have some sort of dark fortitude to it. Some, mm-hmm. You know, whatever. And I have to think, is there a podcast or another, I don't know, it has to be another realm or something else where all these cryptids are listening to them and they're talking about humanity as these dark, scary entities that kind of <laughs> appear in and out of their existence? Because, you know, we, we've talked about how things like the Sasquatch, the Dogman, um, 
even like the Mothman can be interdimensional beings or living within another parallel universe mm-hmm. that sometimes coincides with ours and they kind of pop in and out. But if that's happening, then I can only assume that we're doing the same thing on their turf. And so we are actually cryptids in their world, whereas they're cryptids in ours. Or are, is there a podcast on that side defending themselves against what humans are saying about them. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. I mean, there's probably a parallel uh, podcast to our own. Uh, think about it. It's probably like, uh, you know, we're pair of truth. So it's probably something like normal fake or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> interesting thing to think about um all right well we're about at the halfway point so we'll take a quick break folks you've been listening to paratruth radio right here at paratruth.com and killerpodcast.com uh we're gonna take a quick commercial and we'll be right back I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Parachute Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And I hope you enjoyed those commercials. I know we had said it a couple of weeks ago. We are going to be getting new commercials up here. Um, just a little bit different stuff. Some stuff of our own. Mm. Because it's been a while since we've we've done that. And, you know, we'd like to get back into that. So, uh, also, if anybody out there who wants to kind of collaborate with us, if you guys have anything on, like, you guys sell on Etsy or you have a book or something like that that's related to the paranormal or, or whatever, and you think it would align with what we do, you should reach out to us, either email or social media. We can actually create a commercial for you if you don't have one, an audio commercial, and we can work out the details, uh, you know, all that stuff. It'd be nice to just start to collaborate with some of our listeners if you guys have that availability. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that being said, too, if you would ever want to be a guest co-host on to mm-hmm. talk about a specific topic, reach out to us. Um, Eric and I are trying to kind of uh, spice things up, have a new perspective. Well, it's a, a weird <laughs> way to put it on Valentine's Day episode, dude. Well, I mean... Family love. <laughs> anyway, stop. Just stop. <laughs> um, but uh, we're we're trying to get new perspectives on on things other than our own because uh, you guys can listen to us talk about the same things over and over again, and our our, pres- our perspectives don't usually change very much. So right. And so if you guys haven't, I mean, honestly, we haven't talked about it since last week, but I suppose if not by this episode, then 
during or immediately after this episode airs, you might see stuff on social media in which we're actually reaching out to some of you guys, all of you in this case, um, for anyone who wants to join us for an episode or a series to talk about something really fun and exciting. Uh, so if you, again, keep a lookout for that stuff. We'll push it. Um, and don't be afraid to reach out. Like we're looking for anybody. You don't have to be super knowledgeable on any of this stuff. If you're just a fan who likes to hear about it, cool. Join us. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely would love to hear other people's takes on, on some of the, the many different things that we talk about cryptids, ghosts, otherwise, because uh, again, the, the research as well, although it has changed over the years since we've been doing pot paranormal podcasting, not just Paratruth Radio, all the shows that we've had. Um, right. It it all has changed a lot over the years. So, um, so something you mentioned before the break is um, <clears throat> any creature, any cryptids that out there not having a, a a very happy legend behind it. Um, something that we'll be talking about very soon next month as a matter of fact, is St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. And one of the cryptids, if you could call it a cryptid creature entity uh, that is associated with St. Patty's Day is the leprechaun. And most people think of leprechauns being mischievous, but they are also depicted as very happy creatures just not what they would do to you if they captured you. Well, they're happy because they're tricking people and stealing crap from them all. <laughs> they're rich. <laughs> they're, they're deceitful thieves. <laughs> but uh, definitely stay tuned for that episode as well because that's another one that we have not done in the past nine years of Paratruth Radio. Right. Have, did you ever do one for... I did. Did you? Yeah, I did a couple actually. Um, I mean, so St. Patty's is one of my favorite holidays. It sounds like every holiday. I'm like, oh, it's one of my favorite holidays. <laughs> Halloween is still by far my favorite. But Valentine's Day is not one of your favorites. It's my least favorite. I hate Valentine's <laughs> Day. And Sweetest Day. Anything, the love days. I hate those days. I've always hated them. <sighs> Look, this isn't a therapy session, so let's just move on because I'm starting to already feel like I need to <laughs> share more information. I don't want to do that. Anyway, so the point is... Um, St. Paddy's Day is one of my favorite holidays, and no, it's not because I'm Irish or anything like that. It is, however, kind of the the opening for spring of spring, and I, you know, spring is my favorite, one of my favorite seasons, spring and summer. And of course, I'm a spring baby, so naturally, um, it's one of those holidays. I'm just like, all right, cool. What do we get? We get spring, which means nice weather. We get beer and more beer. And a little more beer after that. And then corned beef. But, you know, the point is, I don't know what my point is, actually. I think I'm just thinking about beer. <laughs> after, uh, two episodes ago, I completely 100% think that you like beer. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, two and a half episodes, two and a half episodes ago, was it beer? No, that it was, was moonshine. That was moonshine. <laughs> yeah. <was> moonshine. Um, 
<laughs> okay, therapy session time. <laughs> so, if there's anybody out there, Eric threw it out two episodes ago. Make sure you go back and listen to that about him looking for somebody for Valentine's Day. So, if you're in the Ohio area, run. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else you can think of for Valentine's Day? Um, no, you know, it's, it's just one of those holidays that's really just commercialized. That's, I think that's what it primarily is. Even, you know, throughout its earliest history, it, it became commercialized so quickly, uh, that it kind of lost its roots. Uh, like something like Christmas or, or Halloween, which still has some, of its original roots uh, implanted within the earth, if you will. Uh, Valentine's day doesn't because I can't think of a single person I've ever met this, that like, you know, I see on Valentine's day like, Oh, you know, happy celebration of Valentine's martyr day or something. Like that. <laughs> or, you know, happy in honor of Valentine's death. Like, no, we don't think about death and all that stuff on Valentine's day. Or at least most of us don't. Uh, so, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's definitely a commercialized thing. It's one of those things where you just have to, you know, if you're into it, I think good, that's great. Uh, you and your loved ones or whatever. <clears throat> but I think that's all that there is to it. There's really not much in terms of the historical references because there's no fact yet. It's just still all theorized. Yeah, that's, I think all holidays have become way too commercialized. Yeah. Not just Valentine's day, but Valentine's day is one of those ones that really pushes spend your money on your loved one type thing mm -hmm. more so than a lot of the others do. But yeah. So I will leave it at this. Cause if we're going to talk about anything, that's truth, everybody, I don't care, especially if it's like new in your relationship. Keep your pockets tight, okay? I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. I'll be the <laughs> asshole that does it. <laughs> because don't let nobody uh, be looking for the gifts and all that stuff because they may ditch you after Valentine's Day. So on that's that one thing that I note. do notice. Well, that's the one thing <laughs> that I actually do notice, that I, or I have noticed it, and this is more um, statistic statistical. Uh, in the sense that you tend to see a lot more people who are trying to uh, meet or date during the month of February because of Valentine's Day. Right. And it doesn't last because they're so quick. They just want to have somebody around for that special day. And then it doesn't work because they don't take the time to actually, um, to actually like take the time to get to know each other, you know, uh, and I think the same thing kind of happens around Christmas as well, actually, uh, in the statistics, because again, there's depression tends to, uh, come in, uh, tends to get worse during the Christmas season than it is the rest of the year, mainly because again, Christmas is one of those family holidays, uh, things that you would share with loved ones and stuff like that. Right. Um, something all of a sudden I, I felt I should bring up is um, if you're feeling down, which a lot of people are this, this time of year as well as Christmas, um, please reach out for help. 
uh, I I didn't realize this that there the there's a suicide hotline that all you got to do is dial nine eight eight. No, I, I didn't realize they had. You should always be an eight hundred number, um, but uh, nine eight eight is the suicide and crisis lifeline, and of course nine one one is the emergency number. But <clears throat> I, I think it's something that Eric and I are passionate about as far as people getting help, um, because too many times over the years have we seen that people commit suicide. Um, Eric has had somebody personally close to him commit suicide. And there's always, there's always somebody willing to help. So please reach out for help if you're feeling that way. Um, Trying to think of a way to cheer this up now. (laughs) that We've brought... It down, um, wine and chocolate, wine yeah. and chocolate. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Definitely enjoy the holiday with your loved one. Um, I, I do agree with Eric that you know don't go spending tons of money. Uh, make it make it personal. Create something for somebody mm-hmm. over going to buy that extravagant diamond necklace or the huge bouquet of roses and and. Uh, chocolate cover strawberries i think it's way more personal and people would appreciate it more yeah. if it's something like that absolutely dip your own strawberries if your neighbor has roses steal them you know <laughs> save the money and it's personable you're taking the time to go get yourself cut up just take the roses and <laughs> give them to your loved one or you can plant them and grow them yourself to pick them Okay, but that'll be like next year because we need we need something now. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes pain is love, and love is pain. Okay, the wisdom folks. of Eric. <laughs> Before Eric gets us any deeper, <laughs> um, I won't go deeper. I can't hold my breath that long, so don't worry about it. Until next week, folks, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin, and I'm Eric. Peace. This is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. 
You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good poor. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.